going so far today on your Sunday? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a Sunday. We needed, we needed some kind of lively intro there. We usually just come on, yawn a little bit, and then get going. So, <laughs> But uh, we're here today with Jubei, Brandon, Alex, again, upstream number 13. We're going to be proceeding forward here. Our overall topic for the discussion is going to be marketing, but there are a few topic points that we want to hit on. At the beginning of the week, we did see a little bit of information get put out online by a BBN uh, talking about blend system requirements and OS support. You guys happen to take a look at the list uh, and see what's actually going to be supported. It looks like Playbook was actually cut off. Uh, it looks for a while that internally they had been looking to support the Playbook. And you know, after, I guess, working with Blend and working with the kind of performance they were going to bring to other platforms, have decided against it. What do you guys think about that? And what do you guys think about the devices that are going to be supported? I think it's a great list to start off with for sure. Um, the playbook not making the list. I was actually surprised that the playbook was on the list to begin with, uh, to be honest. Um, a few months ago, I wrote on uh, Crackberry how the playbook should just be laid to rest and like, you know, the reasons why Blackberry is not going to you know, really do much support for it. And I think it sucks that much more that... The playbook, it was revealed that the playbook was initially supported, and now it's not anymore. I think that did more damage to playbook owners than for Blend to come out and just not have playbook even show up to begin with. You so, know, BlackBerry has BlackBerry publicly killed the playbook, and they have publicly never said anything else about it. So the rest, the rest of it has been like you know speculation all through. So yeah. while it, while it pains me as a playbook owner to know it's not coming. I look back at the playbook now, and I, I have friends who have it on uh, 9900s, and they use the bridge combo, and they just get it done still, you know? The, the combo of the two is almost as good as BlackBerry 10, <laughs> if you bring a legacy device into the mix. So for playbook owners out there, if you are on a BB10 or legacy device, you still have a great little combination that you can get through your work and day with. So no real harm on it there. No, I, I, I guess the biggest thing with it is... I, I kind of wish they didn't even say that it was going to be on the playbook because then all these people, they kind of wake up and they're like, oh, wait, my playbook? And then it's like, oh, wait, never mind. We removed support for something that we didn't even release yet. So, And then everyone's like, oh, you ate the playbook. And it's like, come on, we've gone through this 50 times. But I did get a little excited when I heard it, but now that I hear this, it's kind of like whatever, not surprising. Yeah, I agree uh, with 
the uh, the general sentiment here. Uh, I think it should just be laid to rest. I mean, I was kind of I was kind of ticked off by I bought a playbook in anticipation of B the BB10 launch because I thought I would be able to use my BB10 phone with my playbook through Bridge, and that 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 never came. So I mean, like. I understand now there's no point putting resources towards it. Let's just forget about it that's in the past onto the new the new uh the new future. Yeah. No, I'm excited about it. Right now it looks like Blackberry Blend. You'll be able to view and respond to messages in different chats account uh, in the Blackberry Hub, access BBM chat groups, channels, uh, SMS, uh, view your weekly, daily, monthly agendas, create calendar entries, move files from device to device, talking tablet and computer. Um, and it looks as if, again, we've talked about this before, that blend, Alex has mentioned, is going to really kind of take over what BlackBerry Link does for us on desktop. Again, really cool that they're branching the offering out and tying in added features. It's not just a, a desktop software in the, you know, the normal sense. It actually extends the utility of the phone to other devices. Smart of them. I mean, if you're going to have to install something on another device, why not make it really, really powerful? I think that the, the whole concept of Blend is going to be really attractive to people who want to move over to a different platform and looking for something that's compatible with whatever they have. One of the biggest uh, lingering questions a lot of iPhone and, and, and Android people, uh, users have is when they switch over, you know, how difficult, how much of a nightmare is it going to be to make that transition, have access to your files and move them, you know, from your device, from one device into your computer, from the computer to another device, and Blend seems to be that answer, and I think it's, uh, when it's demonstrated on the 24th, I think it's going to be a very, a, a big crowd pleaser for sure. You guys know where I stand on Blend, it's been my, like, most anticipated feature for a while, ever since I first uh, heard about it back on 10.2. Uh, when Blaze was talking about it, and back then it was called Chat Blend, and so then I was kind of I was kind of interested with it because I was wondering whether it was going to be um, that blend between BBM and text messages, similar to how they did it on legacy devices. And as I've been following it, it's it's definitely gone to something much greater than I thought it would it would be, and it's going to be really neat and really useful to be able to use you know your BB10 features on your desktop, being able to reply to emails and and access those files from your phone. And it's definitely going to be really cool to see kind of the evolution of what they've cemented a while with Playbook. Again, that modular computing concept where you can take it across to different devices very seamlessly. You know, as we talk about kind of BlackBerry growing and moving forward with their offering, uh, John Chen came out with an interview just discussing a little bit here and there where he felt the company was at and kind of where they seek to take it. And I just want to read a quick quote from there. Uh, BlackBerry devices are a part of our unparalleled ability to provide the most secure end-to-end -end enterprise mobility solution from the smartphone to the data center. We'll continue to sell devices as long as there are customers who value them. And I really, really do believe that Blackberries are these unparalleled providers. And, and I think as we look across the Internet of Things and devices and even into like embedded type uh, uh, hardware, BlackBerry is going to be able to be a provider for platforms instead of actually working t toward like consumerizing. So you can think of the iAndroid and iOS as platforms that BlackBerry will provide solutions to. And we look at that already right now with automotive. 
and how they're going to be powering essentially what Google and Android right now are doing in the car. There's really cool potential for them as they move forward. Did you guys have any other like interesting bits from that interview that you wanted to talk on? Well, I, I, oh, go ahead. Adam. It's because this is like off of what you said. I this is a little bit interesting because you mentioned like in the car, and um, I, I kind of just learned that I guess the Google car it can't actually spot potholes in this stuff, mm -hmm. and the way that it gets its data is there's a different car that drives around and it picks up all this data and then it sends it to the car. And wasn't there, weren't they just talking about QNX was actually able to detect potholes? Um, and I didn't, I didn't even know that this whole thing existed, but it's actually, it just shows a little bit more power right. that QNX does have. It, actually, it's, yeah. Brandon has a, a better transportation background than any of us. Yeah. Well, so no, it, I actually have a funny about. story about the mm -hmm. pothole technology, because that, that story actually about Google Car not being able to sense potholes came up on Reddit. And so I was like, hey, guys, don't worry about it. QNX is coming up with technology to sense potholes. And then it got, like, downvoted. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. What? It is, it's yeah. whatever. I mean, when we look at it, though, it's a difference in focus. Like, Google, their data has never really need to be in real time. They, of course, have real-time components to their data structure and what they're able to offer to customers. But BlackBerry is all about real time. And with QNX, they can take the logistics and the censoring required to push that data immediately and securely out to different interfaces. It's, it's again, just a difference in focus of where they want to be. They already have so many Google cars on the roads doing maps. It makes sense for them, from a strategic yeah. point, to, to bring that in on their drives, you know, and, and be able to get data on a more active basis. And, and a lot of people don't know, but a lot of highways, especially in North America, um, a lot of highways have sensors on them, and that data just goes, you know, to, to state governments, municipal governments, but if, if car manufacturers could get a hold of, you know, traffic capacity, how much volume is going down a street, if a car could access that data and, and kind of process it, they can figure out which routes will be better or whether the capacity is being met, how good the infrastructure is working. So it's not just the vehicle side of things, but it's also the actual physical road side of things that this technology will help with. Because yeah, if you have pothole sensing technology, the cars will send that data back to to cities and, and other governments that can get that information and be like, oh, there's a whole bunch of potholes here. Maybe we should send someone out to fix it. Yeah, that really goes on top of um, Project Ion and what BlackBerry is trying to leverage yep. with that. And even as far as the you know vehicle technology and stuff, uh, with the QNX, um, you know, underlining these vehicles. Uh, there's even a possibility where the vehicles can talk to each other. There's an accident on the road. If there's like uh, anything happening, uh, the cars can communicate with each other and communicate with the you know with the owner on what's happening. Um, you know diagnostics, uh, you know that sort of thing. But going back to what uh, you know, John Chen's um, business line interview that James brought up. I'm glad you re you read that quote because one of the big sensitive or most talked about topics with BlackBerry fans is devices. They seem to always think for some reason that BlackBerry is going to stop making devices and they don't understand that black, uh, devices is a, such a key component for uh, BlackBerry as a whole to offer that you know end-to-end -end mobile solutions for, uh, you know, for everyone. And it's great to see that uh, he came out and, and, and you know spoke on it and that he is moving forward, and uh, I, what was it when he first came out? 
he said um, 50-50, he gave the company, uh, that, that was the percentage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 50-50. And then he moved it up to 80, and now recently it was like 100. Like, we completed our transition. He's 100% confident that this company is going to move forward in a very strong way. And yeah. in his in his interviews, he'll he'll say, well, "I'll never say a hundred, but then like yeah. you know, he laughs. Then at the end, he's like, "Cause I can't," you know. <laughs> yeah. he's he's there with it, and in what I see coming through that is a message that they're going one hundred percent at what they're trying to do. I mean, they seem to have put every card they've got right on the table and have put it to work. And I'm excited to see again them push forward. What kinds of devices are we going to be seeing in 2015? Like like think about that, guys. If the passport is their staple of innovation, like what's next? Is the because ante going to uh, continue up? Yeah, because even when I, uh, you know, covered the event for Berry Flow at the, the security summit here in New York, that question was asked: What devices are you working on that we can anticipate next year? And before any of the uh, C-level people uh, were able to speak, uh, they were uh, quickly cut off by the PR. <laughs> And you can tell that they were really excited about what they're working on and what's going to come. They are. They did say in response to that person from the media that, look at the passport. You can anticipate that kind of innovation in the future coming from us. So that's that's exciting. BlackBerry start of 2016 <laughs> is going to whip out a Surface type device and kick everybody's ass. I'm calling it now. Let it be known. Do you guys think that the passport is going to be like a new age of kind of pushing, pushing, do, doing a bit more, what's it called, being a bit riskier with the design of their handset devices? Do you think that we're, start, we're going to start seeing some, some more, you know, not so conservative designs, but, you I, know, still classy, but at the same time a little more oomph to it, you know? You know, I thought the Passport design wasn't that risky at all. I think they do such an incredible amount of research and intelligent design behind their devices, and they created something that just no one has really thought of yet. And the risk, to me, isn't whether it's going to sell or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but the, I don't think the design itself was a risky design. Um, yeah. Because I, I agree with that too. I mean, like, what's different about it is, you know, the ass, like how how it's laid out with the keyboard with three rows, and it's a touch keyboard and the size of the screen. But in terms of like the actual materials, if you look at the side, it looks very similar to if you were to take a Z30 and look at it sideways. It's got that same metal um, boundary, right? Yes, and I, I, you know, I just think that their challenge is presenting the device and their innovations in the way that helps people understand like wow this is a smarter more this is a more intelligent this is what this is the exact tool that we need everyone was conforming to these devices and now blackberry is making innovative devices that meet the demand on specific markets and it's just a smart way to do, go about things yeah. it's, it's that anti well not anti but you know how apple will make the one phone and it's yeah. for everyone in the world you know blackberry's taking a different approach to that it's, it's totally from another corner for them. And, like, we talk about the Passport size as being one of its biggest, you know, differentiators in the market, but it's also this keyboard. It's this keyboard technology, this capacitive keyboard technology. And it's existed, of course, in, in different, like, laptop forms like one of these, you know. 
but <laughs> to miniaturize that and put that on a mobile device and make it an intuitive part of your operating system, even extending, giving you that fourth row so you can have adaptive, contextual-based uh, textual inputs, like, that's crazy. And you can imagine yeah. if they were to bring something like that to a different kind of hardware, maybe like a, a flip book, like a notebook or a clamshell device. We don't know what they've got going on in their heads. I mean, we've seen all sorts of devices from BlackBerry, but they keep it concise at the same time. Their portfolios aren't absorbent like Samsung's. They keep it concise. Yeah. They keep it smart. So as Jubei said, I, I don't see a risk in the Passport to, to, to speak on your question, Brandon. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about what BlackBerry does in terms of like innovation. Like This word gets thrown on so much. And a good um, company that we can look at right now who's you know innovating would be the Samsung Galaxy Edge. And their term of innovation here is they added a little bit more screen, and it's curved screen. And I don't know if this technology is really quite here yet where it's going to be this great breakthrough, but they're trying it out. It's like a limited time thing. But then you look at BlackBerry, and what they're doing is innovative is this physical touch screen so you can get the utility, but then it's also, like, touch sensitive, and there's it's just such a, you know, it's more utility-based and productivity-based innovation. So I'm very excited to see what they do as opposed to these other big companies um, on that stand. I'd be, I'd be very interested to see what we see from BlackBerry going forward in terms of as to what, James and you kind of alluded to is it's more of a utility uh, innovation. I'd be I'd be interested to see how they move forward in terms of the keyboard um, moving forward. How they improve that? Like we have the touch sensitive keyboard. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for it. It's going to be here. It's going to be great. I'm just wondering like what what further boundaries they're going to push in that department. It's it's so interesting for BlackBerry. It's it really is just an interesting talking point that keyboard. If we look at Blackberries like all the way back, they've always been working to make the keyboard better. You know, we look at what was it? T, it wasn't T9, but it was on the Pearl devices. It was the the sure type instead yeah. of the sure. Yeah, price. it was like a slim down QWERTY type mm -hmm. of deal, so right? They, they've always oh. been working. You know, even <clears> the curve. <throat> then 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 the keyboards, you know, started like going curved for us, and then we had the Storm, which was this clicky screen. The Storm too, which mm -hmm. like refined on all that. Now the Passport, you know, their virtual keyboard. BlackBerry's always been about having a very concise input. Do you guys see them opening up to third-party keyboard uh, makers like SwiftKey or any of the FlexKey, some of the other ones out there, as we see happening on iOS and Android? I don't really think it's necessary. Is the desire, is the need there? Yeah, and that's. I, I agree with, with you on that. I mean, I, I know every, a lot of people do want customization, and it's extremely interesting to see, for instance, iOS finally opening up to the third-party keyboards, but the one difference here is pretty much everyone has complained about the iOS keyboard as being kind of crappy, and there are sites around it that are just around the spelling mistakes and spelling grammatical errors that people make with it, whereas with BlackBerry, it's not really like that, and so many people have said this is the best keyboard I've ever used, so I don't really think it's needed. I know some of you feel <laughs> differently, but I agree with Jubei on that. See, you, the way I look at it is you, you go into an office place today and you've got the IBM machine there, right? The, the desktop machine there that's doing all the work. But at the same time, you have the keyboard. And I'll often go through my office and I'll see 10 people with a few different keyboards through there just for the ergonomics of working on, on what they're doing. And so it's really, the way I find it is that the keyboard, yes, BlackBerry has 
some of the best keyboards and whatnot, but it also has an even better OS and operating system and, and the whole phone around it. So maybe some people might like that whole phone around it, but not necessarily like the keyboard. And I don't, I, I don't see any problem with providing choice, especially in a, in in a virtual sense when it comes to touch uh, keyboards. Um, I I think it's a good point for them to work on and look at when they got to listen to their customers and so far they've been doing a good job of doing mm -hmm. that. So right now I think you know focusing on that core experience for them and having a deliverable that is unique from everything else, not trying to be the same as everything else, will be sh a strong move for them forward. Alex, could we pull up Brandon's application Penguin and uh, I want I want Brandon to speak on it. It's a really cool app. Uh, you can do a lot of cool things with it. I'm going to lock us on uh, Alex right now. All right, so my app is called Penguin. Actually, uh, I made it for the BlackBerry Jam Camp competition, which was last summer, and it, it actually won first place. And the whole point of this app is just you go to a whole bunch of different places throughout your life, and sometimes you'll see something cool, like a cool pair of shoes or a cool dress or something, and you want to remember where it is. And so what Penguin does is it lets you save a location, take a picture of it, give it a tag and description, and then you save it in your in, in your saved locations in Penguin. And then you can search for it or share it with people. You can share it cross-platform plat cross between Android, iOS, and BlackBerry. It actually opens up the uh, person's native application and lets them navigate to that point when you share it. And it's just a great way to kind of organize your locations where you go and whatnot. I've also added in my recent release, you can actually back up in, um, your save locations to disk and export it to the cloud or what have you. And it's also got Pebble integration if you want to save locations on the fly without actually having to open your phone. Yeah, it's, it's a Mondo application. I love how integrated it is. You give us the option of BlackBerry or Google Maps. It's just, you've done such a great job yeah. on it. And as I've seen it grow since it came out, I mean, yeah. I, I, I love the uh, enhancements and the integrations you're bringing to it. Is a free application? It's, it's a freemium application. So what's free is that you can actually, you can save locations and share them to everybody, cross-platform everything. The, the, the things that are locked down is it, it basically stops there. You can save a location, give it a description, a name, um, and have it in your saved location, share it and whatnot. But if you want to do some of the extra stuff, like append a photo photo, or, or tag it, or, or actually have the ability to search through your tags instead of just having one list as well as backing it up and stuff, then uh, the upgrade is $199. I mean, I think it's a fair trade-off. Absolutely. I mean, it gives you the core functionality right there. If you want to do a little bit more, one ninety nine. Right now. Yeah, one ninety nine. <laughs> it's upgraded forever. It's 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 attached to your BlackBerry ID. So if you lose your phone, you have a new BlackBerry, and you have that ID. It's gonna unlock it for you right away. Yeah. I I really like the the purple. I I wanted to say the new. I yeah. got a new logo slash icon that you guys made. Um, yep. Shout out know. to uh, Pooter Mobile. Mobile. Yeah, he, uh, he did my new logo for me. And it, it makes me kind of wish that the new Remember app, because they have the purple icon, oh, I'm yeah, now jealous that they don't use the purple accents because I'm really digging it in your mm -hmm. app. Yo, so. Signature action in 10.3 are so cool. Like, yeah. So I, I did want to move on 
we did have an announcement recently of Stella, uh, Angry Birds game coming out from Rovio, all four platforms at the same time. Uh, and BlackBerry 10 was included in that mix. What did you guys think about it, that we actually got a game? <laughs> so we got something notable day one. You didn't close that out for Brandon. Make sure to download Penguin today. <laughs> all right, now we can go into the... Uh... It's, a, it's available on BlackBerry World, not Amazon App Store. Just make sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> done. done. <laughs> all right. Angry Birds. Stella. What do, you, what do you guys think? Do, why do you think? Why do you think they included BlackBerry 10? Because it was so easy to port to? Because they're trying to show some goodwill. I'd like to see more developers going like, I'm not even going to bring this shit until everybody mm -hmm. gets it. Just be consistent. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a funny story about Angry Birds. My mom, she, you know, she's my mom and stuff, and she has a BlackBerry, and she doesn't really play games, but one, one day I came home from work, and all I, like, the house was empty, it was silent, and all I heard was like the woohoo, like it was like the, the Angry Birds sound. It was my mom playing Angry Birds on her on her Q10. So I mean, the it, it's nice to get these these nuggets every now and then. You know, Stella coming off uh, right at the uh, at the opening of the at the launch of the app, having it on BlackBerry 10. It's a nice to have. I don't think it's uh, necessarily. Um, live or die for BlackBerry to have them, but it's always great to see uh, that support from a big um, developer like that, like Rovio. You know, uh, Stella being available on all the platforms simultaneously, I, I don't think it could be understated. I, I, the recognition, uh, maybe it is the uh, simplification of, you know, bringing something to BlackBerry 10's, uh, you know, app world, their BlackBerry world. Or it could be that BlackBerry 10 uh, for developers is looking as a as a legitimate. I think the line I think the line is blurring. I honestly think the line is blurring for them when they look at the App Store and the ways they can target it. I mean, who's to say that this Angry Bird Stella isn't in a wrapped up Android application that just looks and feels native, and we're running it on, you know. 10.3 on our test devices. applications are actually some of the easier games to actually port natively to uh, BlackBerry 10 because, uh, as you may know, you, the Unity game engine actually can export directly to a BlackBerry 10 uh, yeah. app. Um, so that's why you see a lot of big games coming to BlackBerry 10 more so than big name applicate like normal applications. The to BlackBerry 10 natively. Okay. Well, regardless, I think it's a great trend. Well, it's a trend that I hope picks up where people could, you know... Yo, if, if Android developers just, like, notice the platform, they could so easily get into BlackBerry world. I get the Amazon App Store deal. I get why it's necessary. But at the same time, like, I use Snap. Yeah. Um, I don't really use the Amazon... App Store, even even having it preloaded on my device. So for me, for me, it's a trade-off between what the OS can do, what the core competency is, and then what it also offers on top of that. So for me, yeah. I, I just like the APK installer and Guardian, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, well, Amazon Store is uh, for many consumers such a iconic, recognized brand. They turn on their device, they see Amazon. That's already a trusted, huge, you know, company. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm us, trying. You know, our options are Snap. You know, the first thing we think of yeah. is those, you know, side loading those things. But for 99% of those other people out there, they see Amazon. It's a win for them. So, 
I'm, I'm trying to think of. I went to the Amazon store. Um, they had like a an online little Q and A uh, where they were just ans- answering questions for developers who were looking to maybe come onto Amazon App Store and help out BlackBerry and vice versa. And I'm trying to think of a few things that they they talked about that was interesting. But the people from Amazon kept saying that their biggest problem here is actually getting people within their App Store too. And this is an even like easier process than porting over an Android app over to BlackBerry World because I guess they do all the signing of the app if you'd like, which BlackBerry actually you have to sign your own app. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is they make it, it's just so easy and the thing is there's all these app developers which, you know, who have Google Play services in their app and those are the apps that we want and if they just put them in Amazon App Store then there's the Amazon services or whatever I guess. They were explaining that there's so many developers that don't even know that the Amazon App Store exists. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how true this is, but this is what they're claiming. And they were saying, you know, we're just trying every day, just trying to get more and more people within their App Store. <laughs> and right. it's tough because yeah. I, I want to keep using Snap because I feel like some of these yeah. apps in the App Store, they're getting outdated or there's just some that aren't available, which is so dumb because they're in Snap. But... They're, well, they, like, they're essentially having the same problem as BlackBerry. Yeah. Well, it's like how many, like, okay, not, not talking about volume, but how many different models of phones or devices uh, does Amazon have that actually have the Amazon App Store on it? Do any of you, do any of you know? It's, I mean, it's significant, I think. Like the Fire it, Phone? I mean, like, I, I feel like it's phone. like eight products. It's like a, it supports eight products, like... Probably a bunch so, of Kindles on a phone, like yeah. So yeah. it's not even something that has a wide penetration, maybe outside of uh, certain key markets. Um, it it, and it adds an offering for a very specific type of user, the yeah, kind of user yeah. who is like beyond doing side loading and, and things that Jubei had mentioned. You know, it, it kind of for them is like super simplistic. I want a reader, I want some music, and I'm invested in that ecosystem. Yeah, and it's a very what interesting. It's a very interesting thing because, you know, you, over here you have the Amazon App Store that takes Android apps, and even there you have, you know, an issue in attracting uh, those APKs over. So you can just imagine how hard it was for the BlackBerry uh, um, developer relations team to attract the uh, the Android developers that they have on there. Yeah, it's got to be. It had to have been a big fight for them, even to build the app store that they have and the consistency. It's almost like a, a a prying for relevance in this mobile market, especially if you're going after like a consumer space. Having apps, it seems to be like you know that staple for everyone. You know, well, we do have a, a new guest here. We invited Dylan in. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. good. Is this on? Are we live? <laughs> I think so. I mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, we want—we were kind of discussing just a little bit of the variance and what BlackBerry's doing. Uh, I want to transition though and talk about the classic. I know it's kind of come out in pictures. I don't know if BlackBerry's sweating the fact that uh, they have brought the classic out. Uh, you guys seen it in pictures. What do you guys think of the, the classic versus what we're seeing from the Passport device, Dylan? So what's the difference, right? Yeah, what do you think the big difference is for BlackBerry users or people that are going to be looking at these devices? Uh, well, obviously the big selling point for the Classic is, I mean, the Enterprise, you know, the legacy guys who haven't converted all the way over to BlackBerry 10. And so far from the pictures, uh, 
I mean, it looks like a great device. You've got the integrated trackpad there, and it's just done in such a modern fashion that seems to correlate with what BlackBerry's going for. So it's kind of an in-between, you know. It's got the good legacy points from the 9900, but then at the same time, it's got a lot of great BlackBerry 10 design, you know, hardware stuff. That's, I actually saw some of those pictures um, this weekend, actually, and I was actually pretty... It was kind of. I was surprised, but not so surprised at the same time. I'm not so surprised because it does draw on those those legacy kind of design. It, well, it's obviously got the belt, but it's also it looks like a, a much cleaner, a much kind of like the Q10 Tube.0. You know, kind of like a better, better uh, Q10 that's gonna 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 appeal to more of the legacy group, and it, it's also even gonna attract some of the the people who don't necessarily come from legacy as well. I think. Hey man, I'll take it over that Porsche Con uh, device. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I the design is is in line with demand. I know that for sure. And they've done it in an intelligent fashion. I think that uh, you know, with the specs and the design, um, they really hit a home run with it, and it's going to do extremely well. For those who miss the trackpad, they'll have something. Uh, for those who have the legacy devices, now they can transition over. And um, I think it's going to be a top-selling device, and I think it's great that they have the Passport and the Classic along with the Z3 as an offering this year. I think those are three solid, strong products that cover, uh, and then obviously the con device to cover all those uh, ends. The prestige. I, I don't I don't like the con. That's, I, well, Jube, you were, you were kind of like set on it a couple of streams ago. You were like, I am getting the con. And yeah. everyone everyone took a gasp. They were like, because oh, everyone else had a different device. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, I want the con. And so BBIN uh, put out those, uh, <laughs> those specs. I know Dylan... Um, uh, you know, he, he spoke about it, too, on his channel. I was ex extremely disappointed. Um, I The Classic, it's I think it's just a superior device on specs alone, on specs alone. And then you put the, uh, just like that tool belt on there that really just adds to the productivity and the efficiency. I spoke to someone who, um, no names, had access to the uh, Porsche design device, and they said typing on it is a little bit of a nightmare because the keys, the way they're designed and how they're, they're placed together in the frets is not, you know, conducive to uh, being accurate and efficient. So, But is it, is it conducive to, 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 like, forcing someone else to write on it? Because let's be honest, people who are going to own a con, they're just going to have someone there who's going to be just doing all this stuff for them, right? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's your life, Brandon. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> If I got to that level, maybe. Marketing. No, if I if I was at that level, like buying a con device just just to use as a daily driver type device, uh, mm -hmm. I just feel like the I think feel like the con isn't uh, for a user that has to like save up to buy it, and I would be that user. <laughs> I'd be the guy like saving up every week to try to try to afford it. So, overall, I'm interested in the classic. The pictures that have come out. And when I look at it versus the Passport, I'm really interested in both. Um, which one are you guys leaning to after seeing these new photos? I know Alex is like, Passport, what do you mean classic? Why would you, why would you side grade your device, Alex? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, 
Yeah, we had a little discussion this morning in the group about that, and it's it's kind of like my right now I would recommend the classic to my stepdad because he's on the Q10, but like looking at the specs, it's like the same specs as the Q10, and it's almost like I don't want him to use his two-year upgrade on a device with the exact same specs just to get the utility belt. So a little part of me is torn on it, but I understand this is supposed to be the cheaper option, and it, it has purpose, but I, I don't know. It's tough. The way you made it sound, it sounded like whatever device fit in his coat pocket, he would yeah. he would run with. <laughs> so yep. is the is the passport too big? The drama continues. We'll, we'll pick back yep. up on that one. <laughs> but I do want to talk on marketing. That's what the main discussion point for the the tail end of this upstream is one, wanted it to be. When we look at BlackBerry right now and the devices that they have, where do we see marketing coming in for them? We have heard from their marketing guy that essentially they are going to take a traditional method of marketing. What do we see that? Are we seeing television or are we going to keep it print and online? I want to open it up with Dylan and see where it expands from there. Yeah, uh, well with the, the traditional marketing, I mean commercial wise, I, I think I read on Twitter something about um, a Blackberry commercial coming up soon. I'm not sure exactly where but uh, one of the Toronto artists was talking about uh, uh, joining in on that and applying for uh, a position there. Um, but otherwise, I mean, we've seen, uh, I think it was at the Toronto Fans event, I think they, they were showing some uh, Blackberry sort of posters there and, and stuff like that, and we saw the, the Globe and Mail there, that was a good, I think it was, it's a good idea to, to sort of correlate with that Canadian heritage thing, and I think that with a lot of the market in Canada, speaking to them directly is a good idea. Yeah, it's very yeah. smart of them to kind of tackle it head on like that. Brandon, you're Canadian, have you? Well, actually... Actually, relevant to that, there's the Toronto International Film Festival, and BlackBerry is actually one of the sponsors of it. And so um, last year, I think it was a bit bigger. Last year, I remember during the International Film Festival, they had a whole like pavilion just of BlackBerry stuff, and this year it's a bit toned down. But you still see some BlackBerry advertisement throughout the uh, International Film Festival. And let's, let's not forget, this is the second... Uh, biggest international film festival after Cannes. So, I mean, they do get some decent coverage in in Canada, and not just in Canada, but abroad with these type of things as well. I think BlackBerry is ripe for for a good TV commercial, though, right around when the, the Passport and Classic launch. Just kind of, uh, hey, guys, listen up. We're doing this other stuff now, you know? Right. So like got some like, devices. Like, w wipe the screen, make it clear. Yeah. In, yeah, blow the off. In, and even if they even if they keep it concise, they do Canada, they do London, they do Dubai, and just do their marketing there. Just do it. Yeah. I don't care if it's not everywhere, but do it. You need to put your foot out there. You need to go educate customers as to what you have to offer them. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. When I was at the BlackBerry uh, Security Summit, they did uh, tack on specifically on what they were going to do marketing-wise, and they wanted to be clear that they didn't want to push marketing ahead of availability. And I think that's important because when people see something, they expect and assume automatically that it's available now everywhere. And I think that was uh, botched with uh, BlackBerry 10 launch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you see the Super Bowl mm -hmm. commercial, the commercial aside, we all have our issues <laughs> with that, but whoever saw the commercial in the U.S., that device wasn't available for what months? It was it was just like it, it was a joke. So this time around, they're 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 playing the cards more intelligently, and they're going to market when 
you know, availability. Because right now, let's say by holiday season, we should see a full-fledged like campaign push. Because we have the Z3, we have the Passport, we have the Classic, we have the Porsche device 10.3, 10.3.1 for the optimization of the older devices. We have Blend, all going full force. And that is a strong offering with a solid OS that they can stand behind 100%. And you need to be able to stand behind their product if you're going to be advertising and have that passion to advertise it. Uh, before, even as a BlackBerry user, you know, how many times have someone checked out our devices and we were like 10.1 or 10.2, not 10.2.1, and we're like, oh, well, you know, it's still being updated, all their features. It was a difficult conversation to have, and people need to have... Uh, access to these features and to the OS and to all these offerings immediately. So don't advertise it if it's not available. And now that it's all available, we should, you know, see all these uh, campaigns um, working. It's actually, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting dilemma because it, it seems like with the BB10 launch, it wasn't so much the it wasn't well, the marketing wasn't the greatest, but at the same time, the marketing that they did have, it was just poorly timed. And and you make a really good point of that. And I'm interested to, I'm actually interested in that aspect of it, wondering if the omission of a U.S. Um, launch site for the Passport event is kind of a precursor to knowing that maybe the Passport may not launch in the U.S. at the same time as some of these other markets. I was wondering if any of you know or 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 think anything along those lines I because you mean the events there's an event in Canada well it's just because ever since John Chen has come on board he's been a, he's had a very um, a very US focus kind of trying to get back yeah. into the good books of American corporations and enterprise um, services and, and it just seems that we've had all the previous um, past few events since he's come on have a New York event, and it seems like this yeah. next big one, it's it, it's not in New York for once, and it's kind of it's kind of I don't know. Dylan, that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to say, right? With with the U.S. the market share right now, we're looking at I mean, what <clears throat> under one percent? I think at the current standing. And, and, I mean, that's difficult. Do you invest the time and money into putting a, a U.S. launch, or do you go with where the market's at currently and try to build uh, all the uh, emphasis and excitement there and let it just sort of generate and spread? I, um, I, I absolutely agree. I agree so much with that statement. It's like, go, go where the money is. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Go where the money is. Like, right now, BlackBerry has the propensity to walk up to enterprise doors, knock, and be like, hey, we'll sell you 10,000 devices for X price. It's like it's so much easier to fight that battle than fighting for every single consumer over every bit of marketing dollar. Well, Just you know, go, I, go I, I, make it get it done. I covered that territory when I wrote the why consumers are in a backseat with uh, BlackBerry over for M4BB. I don't know how many people read it, how many uh, listeners or whatever, but uh, watchers. But you you just spoke on that exactly, James. It's just about where the money is and are they going to throw out enormous amounts of cash trying to compete with Google and trying to compete with Apple who spend billions of dollars in marketing alone in the US to try to convince someone to switch over or are they just going to naturally go with the flow of things and say you know what these markets are waiting for our devices we already have a strong foothold in them it's an easy sell we don't have to spend that much money um, because you know what else are you going to do right so, 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 yeah. 
So, so I just want to ask one quick question to Jube. Um, being a Canadian, I always had the the perspective that you know BlackBerry is probably not very big in the states. It's obvious based on the numbers, but I always held on to the idea that in key places like New York, Washington, and LA potentially, you'd see uh, a higher number of Blackberries in those specific cities just because of the nature of those cities with government in Washington, um, with all the corporations in LA and New York. I was. I was just wondering if you can speak to whether you do see more blackberries in New York, just well, from a observation. Yeah. Great, uh, great point. Um, in the key cities, New York. I live in New York City. It's it's a it's a business town. You see mm -hmm. a lot of blackberry devices here. You also see a great number of other devices as well. But it's yeah. not an isolate. You know, it's not. When I see someone the, uh, with a BB10 device. It's not a shocker. It's not a surprise. It, you yeah. know, this is the kind of city. But you're absolutely correct. And to that point, Blackberry did say that they were going to open up retail stores. Uh, remember the one that they mentioned in Washington D.C. to cater for you know to those uh, to their clients, to those uh, yeah. you know customers there. And they're looking to open up one in New York and major cities around the world. It's a slow mm -hmm. process, but they do want to have an uh, established physical presence. For consumers in key markets, and you're absolutely correct that only in certain cities will you see that. You right. know, opening yeah. up a store in Oklahoma, you know, right. they stick to um, where the money is, where the business is, and yeah. uh, move from there. Right, like they've got a nice little setup. It's, it's actually like a store built into the Dubai Mall. Like they've got it right where it matters. It's like the biggest mall in that region. It's, it's crazy big. It's cool that they've got they've you know they're being concise about their layouts and, and rollouts. And execution on those different points. Um, do you guys think we're going to see marketing like in a traditional sense? What do you guys see like it's going to be regional, or are they going to have some kind of broader? I, I would love if they took the BB fact check to television, even in small bits, and fact check themselves against their competition and expand on the whole idea of calling out what is untrue and what what is true for them. I, I mean, I've I've said it a few times, and I still kind of believe in this that. I think they need to go to these tech bloggers on YouTube because that's, you know, it's kind of an international thing um, where people are watching them. And if they're able to do some type of advertisement but more show, like, say, you know, hey, this is actually a good device because this, rather than just say, buy BlackBerry today because people are going to think that's a joke. But I think, like, TV is getting really difficult, especially, like Jubei has mentioned, that Samsung and Apple, they're spending billions of dollars on advertising that if you threw that in the States, you're just throwing money out. Um, but I think if they did internet-based advertising, you know, blogs, BB Fact Check, you know, BB Fact Check is a free way to advertise, and it's been getting some publicity. So I really think they just need to continue with that, and I think that's part of their plan. Just just rev it up on social media and get on YouTube a little bit, you know? That's yeah. That's a good point because the first thing that a lot of people do when they're looking for a new phone is they'll search on YouTube and be like review of the Z30 and you know if they could get some of these online YouTube reviews to just review a Z30 or review yeah. a Passport or something like that just have it there so it has some coverage instead of automatically having you know the S5 or whatever show up at the top you know having a Blackberry up there in one of the top searches would always be would, would be a lot more impactful in terms of these new people trying to look at new devices to get, right? Yeah, um, going off of what Alex said too, the other side of their marketing uh, campaign, part of that uh, element is 
educating people. It, you don't really have to educate anyone when it comes to like a Google device or <coughs> a Google device as far as their features and what they offer. But no one has a clue in the United States about BlackBerry 10. So just pushing out a campaign that may be intelligent or funny, witty, whatever the case may be, still doesn't um, reach the consumer the way that it's supposed to because they are not aware. If they walk into a carrier store and they see a, a BB10 device there, they're not going to know how to operate it. So part of that campaign and part of their uh, marketing push is going to be that other side of educating people on, on what QNX is, why it's important in our world today, and what the devices mean and how you move through it. You know, what, you know just all of the features and, and, and the difference in, in the paradigm. So, you know, they have a big task ahead of them, and it's important to get everyone on board that can contribute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need to let people know that we're still not on legacy because there's still so many people out there who had the curve and they mm -hmm. still believe with their iPhone 5, iPhone 6 soon that BlackBerry is still the old curve legacy and we joked around about it in the past that they need to almost joke around with legacy and say, yeah, this is what we had before and this is BlackBerry 10 now. Like, they need to let people know that as well. Yeah, Jubei, Jubei should write up like a like a eulogy for BlackBerry OS. Like <laughs> it was a good long road. You've been dead for years now, but <laughs> we're finally laying you to rest. And that's kind of like we should toss the playbook in there at the end. Like it's dead. It's yeah, really, it's yeah. really gone, guys. Mm -hmm. Like let it be. <laughs> so, so Dylan, Dylan, you've been you've been kind of having the inside hook on your know, passport. I've seen a lot from the passport. A lot of just different things with 10.3. I mean, Dark Team Ho, I'm, I'm so excited for that on 10.3.1. Sure, yeah. what, what do you think about this Passport device and Blend? Do you think those two things are going to come out together on the 24th? Or do you think we're going to see uh, a, a two-layered uh, rollout of those two pieces of technology? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say, but from my understanding, Blend should be out about the same time as the Passport. They sort of go hand in hand, but then at the same time, you kind of look at the passport rollout, and I mean, some people are expecting the passport in, say, February, for example. So if you release Blend at the same time, do you have access right away? I mean, who do you give access to, or is that something that rolls out later? So it's it's so staggered at the moment, it's really hard to put, put a pin on it. Right. It definitely sounds like something that could be changing as we speak on it, you know? Sure, uh, do, yeah. do, we, do we expect this device to support wireless charging? I've, I've had that question thrown at me a lot, and I haven't really yeah. gone out to look for the answer. There, there is a certain variants that will support uh, the wireless charging, but not all of them. As to which ones, I'm not quite certain, but mm -hmm. there is definitely one Passport model that will support uh, wireless charging. So, so, I mean, right, like, uh, like, like the Z30. Yeah, yeah, we, we saw it a bit in the Z30, but I, that was like one variant, and it was sold, I'm pretty sure, exclusively to Verizon. So, I mean, it wasn't something that was broadly sort of sold or necessarily even an advertising, you know, standpoint for the device. So it's hard to say what they're going to do with the Passport at this point. We've also heard rumors from over at N4BB that they may have a premium version and maybe a uh, limited edition version of this Passport as well. It kind of makes you wonder, like, how good do they have their supply chain control right now that they can play around with so many different variants of devices and make sure they hit their customer wherever they are? It just kind of makes kind of makes you wonder how how forward looking they are on these projections and whether they're going to bring out these devices. Do you guys think we'll see uh, a couple variants high end of the passport device, or do you think they're going to keep with the black white standard editions? 
I think the uh, high-end market with the con and stuff, I, I, from my personal perspective, I don't think they'd want to be stepping on their own toes yeah. by, by having a super high-end passport compete with the con. So I think the, the passport's going to be basically just the passport how it is. They might have different color variants, but I don't think they're going to have, like, uh, luxury uh, variants of the passport just because of, like I said, with the con, they don't want to be competing with their own devices in that, in that regard. I mean, they, they, they brought about a limited edition white gold Q10, special edition or something of That's that nature. True. But they brought it out, again, not at the same time, but a couple months on. And, and hardware people do this. OEMs do this. They'll bring out a red ice to a specific carrier. The HTC One came out in red and blue for, for Best Buy. So you can imagine maybe they would want to partner and do something forward. They're already partnering with Porsche for that you know high, high luxury end. Where do you see the classic falling in? I mean, really, guys, who's going to pick up a classic when the passport is already out? Everyone. Right? Like, I kind of, I kind of want one though. Like, I really, I really, really want yeah, one. And when those pictures uh, came Ooh. out, I mean, that classic device just keeps looking better and better. Yeah. The back design too. I don't know who else can speak to it, but I mean, if you look at the back design, I mean, they stepped it up a bit with that sort of glass pane that goes across the whole yeah. back of it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I, to me, that was just—it's it, great. It looks beautiful. It does. It and, does. And, and there's something about the back of a Z10 like that looks and feels good, that soft touch. Yeah. And I think if you wrap that up on the back with better with better curves, so it feels even nicer in the hand, that you got, you got a little winner there with that stainless it, steel bezel and, and all that. It looks great. And it, it goes back to what we were talking about before in terms of the what would you rather choose, the Passport or the Classic? And it also goes back to the size of the device, you know? For me, personally, I wouldn't... I, I would probably choose the Classic over the Passport, not because the Classic is necessarily better than the Passport, but just from, from uh, being able to stick it in my pocket uh, type of convenience, you know? And I think it's right. gonna it's gonna really resound with a, a lot of consumers. They're gonna be like, you know, I like the form factor I have now. Maybe I'll just play it safe and stick with the classic. Yeah, like I said in our BBM group earlier today, like you swipe up the keyboard on a Z30, and more or less the amount of screen real estate that you have is about 3.5 inches. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be more or less kind of the experience you have on a Z30, but with an actual physical keyboard, a full one at that. It doesn't have a fourth virtual row. It has a dedicated trackpad. One of the things I brought up in the group as well was whether or not, because we have the Passport device, which seems to have a touch-sensitive keyboard, but it's not necessarily a trackpad in the sense of OS navigation. On the 9900, I could totally navigate the OS with a trackpad. Do you think we're going to see that on the Classic as well, like total control with the trackpad? I hope so. It mm -hmm. only makes sense that they yeah. would. I think one of the biggest challenges we have as far as productivity and, and, and typing, especially for Q10 users, is um, our screen real estate and going back to edit whatever it is that we write and tapping back on the screen and trying to you know, locate where we want it. And I think the Classic has the right upgrades, you know, just a bigger screen, it has a bigger battery. You know, it, it, we, we talked about the Paratech antenna technology that they're going to optimize on. Um, it's just with the tool belt in addition, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a better productivity device on the planet than that phone. Yeah, I mean, it. it this is you ask who's going to be buying. <laughs> yeah, you you ask who's going to be buying this device, and like I had mentioned when I met up on Craigslist selling my 9930, 
the guy actually said, you know, I've been stocking up on 9900s because he's like, this is a device that I that I like and I feel comfortable with it. And when it dies, I, BlackBerry's not really selling them anymore um, or at a reasonable price, if you want to say that. <laughs> so these people are stocking mm -hmm. up on them. And I think the classic, it's going to be a no-brainer that you just need to upgrade to it. And if the, if the classic is cheap enough, too, then it's just going to be like a double no-brainer. They, they don't need any brain <laughs> whatsoever. It's no like, brain. yeah, <laughs> like it's just that is the device you're going to to learn BlackBerry 10, and then by that time, the Passport 2 will come out once they're comfortable with BlackBerry 10, and BlackBerry will convert them to Passport 2, and you know, it's just... Well, I, you know, you talk about the price point, Alex. I'm thinking, because we looked at the roadmap uh, last week on Upstream, um, the last episode of Upstream, and we showed the N4BB put out like a roadmap internal thing on um, yeah. the devices. The Classic was listed as an affordable device. They want to, they want that device in everyone's hands. So I think we're going to look at a favorable um, price point um, versus the Passport's price point. I think it's comp I'm confident enough to say that for sure. It's not going to be nowhere near the price of the Passport, so... And, yeah. and I really don't feel that it's a side grade. I think you get a lot more from it. Uh, you get the bigger, as Jube said, the bigger screen, the bigger battery, the refinements on where they've gone. Even the Z3 has some refinements over a Z10. And, yeah. and though their specs are different, it still can you know operate quite well. I mean, mm -hmm. the Z3 supports Miracast where the Z3, the Z10 doesn't. So that alone and, and kind of the optimizations of the OS along the way are, are pretty interesting. What do you guys think about 4K on this Passport uh. device? On 10.3.1, do you think that it's something like worth marketing, or just kind of have it to to cover a table stakes that really isn't there yet? Oh, I would mark the recording out of that. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta market the hell out of that. I mean, if Apple can market a fingerprint scanner for the Apple iPhone, considering if someone steals your device, your fingerprints are all over the device. I mean, they gotta market the 4K on the Passport. I would too. It's one of those features that just speaks like I don't even know what that is, but it sounds great, you know. <laughs> it's like how many people are even conscious of 4K at this point? But I, and and still they're they're putting it in their device. They're like, yep, we're gonna have that. They're definitely looking forward with it. As you may have mentioned, they have a lot of exciting things coming for devices next year and, and onward. So it's gonna just be really interesting to see how they leverage the passport in and what kind of execution style we're gonna see from Chen on their high end devices. Mm-hmm. So I do want to close here with just a little bit more. We just want to talk on a couple of different things. Alex, there was an Amazon developer uh, web webinar, correct? Yeah. And did you go, did you ask any questions? What was the kind of feedback that you got from that session? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I tried to bring it up a little bit earlier, and I... It, there wasn't too much information. It was pretty much uh, Q&A where there, I don't know how many people were in it, but there weren't too many people. I was one of the few people asking questions because it was kind of cringy that there was a lot of silence and then it was like, no, does anybody have any questions? You know, we're happy to answer some questions. And so then I, I was trying to think up like last minute questions and it's like, um, is there going to be a native Amazon app store? And they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't answer that. And um, But I, I asked questions about um, Android apps working on, say, the Square devices, and, and the guy had mentioned, you know, on the Passport there will be, 
he didn't say that there will be a zoom out mode. He kind of like let it slip, which I know this is an official thing. Well, it's been leaked, so but it was actually someone actually from BlackBerry saying that there will be a zoom out or pan out mode that you can see the full app um, on the passport and. It, it's, it's tough to grab anything from this. I'm pulling at strings. There was not much that was said. You know, right. they kept it. They kept it business. Yeah, they just thing. said. Yeah. They did say um, if you do want to convert your BlackBerry 10 app over to Android, which is a downgrade. But if you want to do that, they said the easiest route would probably be going with Qt because Qt is similar to um, BlackBerry 10 rather than just jumping into like Android development or HTML5, if you could do Qt, because that is supported on Android, but not too much information about that. So did they, did they clarify any kind of like of the marketing benefits that there would be to move to that store over BlackBerry World? Like, are we going to see less support for app developers in general in BlackBerry World, or what's the dichotomy change there? So Amazon just kept saying over and over, they said, you know, we're Amazon, you you know how much, like, data we have. We understand, like, you bought this app, here's a recommendation, and this recommendation is not going to be crap because this is literally what Amazon, this is their bread and butter. When you buy something on their website, it gives you recommendations that other people have bought um, based on your previous searches. Like, they have just this insane amount of data. So they're trying to say, if you advertise in our Amazon App Store, then you will get your app found more, and we're more than happy to, you know, promote you. They're just really talking at the key points where they can help you as a developer. They'll promote you more. They will, like in in the um, app store for Google Play, they don't really promote any of the small guys, you know. They're just the big players. That's who you're going to see going across the promotional banner, so... Just so sounds a, like a small guy world. with a great app doesn't get doesn't really get found. Exactly. And yeah. then when we when we look at the scale, I mean, how many apps does BlackBerry World have? Where are we at? Are we do we break two hundred thousand apps? Like, I don't even. Is think anyone so. counting anymore? <laughs> right. Like I think it trailed off after like one forty, one fifty. I'm sure it's expanded from there. But you know, it's a, it's an app store half the size of Amazon, and we do have a lot of their titles, and they have a lot of ours. They have a lot of other ones, at least from a consumer side, that are important for people. I mean. My bank app is there if I wanted to get it from there. Um, I've got Spotify and a couple others, like WordPress is another one I use. But besides that, I've got native alternatives for almost everything. And I love that the developer support on BlackBerry 10 is just phenomenal. So we'll, we'll clap over to you, uh, Brandon and Alex, for that one. <laughs> Brandon will build any application you want. Will or, he? <laughs> or send an email to Oliver to go build it for. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'll build any application you tell me, and then I'll send it to Oliver, and he can build it. <laughs> the guy's going crazy. Any, anyone using Twitly or just seeing the kind of... He's putting updates out like every other night, if not every night on this thing. He's done a great job thus far. Is anyone testing it or using it? Yeah, he's, he's a bit aggressive. Um he, he overrides your controls, so instead of going over to, like, native Twitter, it goes into Twitly, which is awesome um, for that functionality, but I could see some people maybe being, like, you know, tone it back a bit, um, give me that option rather than do it. But the fact that, like, he's a developer, and he did he did that. Like, he overrode the, the native BlackBerry controls, and it's like, how the heck did you even do that? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. He's so you need to just, you know, you got to be a little bit careful when you're doing that, but it's, it's definitely awesome that he was able to do it. 
Um, oh, Oliver. I, I, we, we need to get him on upstream one of these times. I know he came on after. He came, afterwards, yeah. he came afterwards, like right as we ended. He's like, hey, guys. Like, yeah. yeah, if I knew how to override <laughs> stuff on the OS, I'd be overriding left to right. you kidding me? <laughs> I'd be tossing out media controls and <laughs> breaking image view yeah. all of it. <laughs> so, Dylan, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, from a BlackBerry user, like what are some of the older devices you're using? Are you a long-time user? Uh, what got you interested in BlackBerry? Uh, yeah, definitely a long-time user. I mean, uh, I'm here in Waterloo. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just two minutes basically away from the headquarters here. And, uh, you know, growing up, it's like BlackBerry was everywhere. Back in the legacy days, it's like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a BlackBerry. They were just so big. I remember my first device was uh, the 9500 series, so I had one of the old Storms there, mm -hmm. and I thought that was great at that time. I mean, it, it was a little bit of innovation. I mean, there was a lot of backlash with it too, but at the time, it was one of the coolest devices to have. Oh man, and, my friend Kevin would just love you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin's all about his Storm. The Storm right. of Storm too. He wants SurePress back, like it's nobody's yeah, business. Yeah. He's been laughed at and ridiculed, but he's a strong, strong proponent of SharePress. Uh, what's your favorite BlackBerry 10 device in market? Um, probably Z30 right now, but I mean that, that. I mean, what can you do about that? Really, it, you know, it's got the battery, it's got the, the screen, real estate, it's got the speakers. It, it's it's a good productivity package. I mean, it can't really be beat in terms of you know you compare that battery with the Z10s, for example. I mean, it, there's all there's so many differences. It just makes the Z the Z30 come out on top pretty much every time. And people still don't think it's a successor to the Z10, but it is. Like you're waiting for a Z10 successor, and it's sure. it came out the same year as the, the device. It's just interesting the longevity of these devices. Like, how long do you think the Z10 and some of those like entry level uh, BlackBerry devices? Uh, how long do you think they're going to be supported on these OSs? I mean, I've seen rumors that say, like, all the, all the current in-market devices won't get 10.4, but I really don't believe that. What do you think? Uh, that's hard to say, really. I mean, it, it depends on what, what BlackBerry really does in terms of the next, say, one year, for example. I mean, next year we're looking at sort of the, the full 10.3.1 being sort of the standard thing across all of the devices pretty much on market. And, I mean, where do you go from there? Is there a certain tipping point where BlackBerry's not going to be in the hardware division? Or are they going to slow that down? I mean, it's hard to say and put that projection on what they're going to be supporting and what they're not going to be supporting. Playbook went out kind of fast in a lot of terms, but at the same time, it, it kind of had to happen. The device wasn't necessary. It seemed like it was rushed to market in certain ways. Oh, yeah, that was a... Uh... That wasn't even half-baked. Like, it was almost half-baked. <laughs> it was like a quarter-baked. Uh, you know, it got there. With 2.1, it's like, okay, this is what you should have launched on the playbook. Yeah, <laughs> at, yeah. at a bare minimum. And, you know, I, I still feel kind of upset. I'm one of those playbook owners. I know Lauren in our group, she bought hers, like, when it first came out for, like, 500. And, you know, that's such a burn to buy a playbook for that much and it not get the support it deserved as a, as a piece of hardware. Dude, speaking of the playbook, I'm, I'm over here. Um, BlackBerry, they made us spend our developer credits or whatever, and I had ordered this backpack a while back. I ordered it a while back. Um, it's a nice BlackBerry backpack, and then they, I ordered another one because I'm like, hey, if we have to spend these points, I had like 2,000 points. I was like, I'll get another $60 backpack. So they sent me that. They sent me a hat. They sent me like the thermos or whatever. 
And then they're like, sorry, um, but we ran out of some of the stuff that you ordered, and hopefully this is good enough. So they sent me another playbook. So now mm. I have another. <laughs> it's like insulting. <laughs> I was like, I kind of actually wanted the $60 backpack over this $120 playbook. So now I have two playbooks. Um, I told my mom. She got all excited, though, because she uses my stepdad's playbook. She's like, are you going to get rid of it? We're going to do. She's like, can I have it? So at least okay. I have a use for it. Yeah, it'll find a good. It'll funny. find a good. I, I actually ordered my stuff for the points like a month and a half ago, and I've yet to get anything. You're, so you're going to get a playbook, dude. Did, what I, you order? I ordered like a couple of fridge magnets. Maybe I'll get like, a couple those. of playbooks instead. No, <laughs> yeah. If you order a backpack, they'll definitely send you a playbook, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, there's naked dudes walking behind me. Like, what? <laughs> what? Raziel's <laughs> in, in the chat like, yo, what's going on there in the back? I just put it as like, is he white as sin? Or just like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I'm just really excited to see kind of like where BlackBerry will move forward here. They've got so many different points that they could market on. They could bring a strong message <laughs> going forward on that. Brandy, you're killing me in the chat <laughs> <laughs> I look down. I look down at that, and I just like lost it. <laughs> no, it's gonna be just really interesting, as I said, to see where BlackBerry is gonna move forward with this. I think as a community, we can do a lot of marketing on our own, talking about the device, kind of going out there and you know, uh, promoting the good parts of what it can do, while you know, acknowledging to BlackBerry, look, these are some of the downsides. Let's work to improve it. And obviously, you know, they've opened up an internal beta to get that feedback direct from their users. But I think if oh we if if we as users want BlackBerry to succeed in the future, we have to be there to support it. And I think the support that kind of goes across is multifaceted. We see people putting videos out, doing this. We see people giving information here and there. And you know, I mean, we see N4BB leaking something new like every week <laughs> at this point. It'll just be interesting to see, you know, how we as a community can tr contribute forward and make sure BlackBerry gets the promotion that it needs and continues getting awesome native applications like Penguin, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, Penguin, buy it today. Buy it, buy it today. Buy it, buy it right now. If you're still listening, <laughs> you should have bought it already. Like, what are you waiting <laughs> Or at least download it. It's for free. I mean, <laughs> what's stopping you? You should make, like, a social facet to it. Like, can you update your BBM status through that already? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 does, does anyone else find themselves in their updates or the feed section a lot? Like, I have BBM open as an active frame. I'm trying to do what Alex said by leaving them open. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm hitting the updates feed just to kind of keep it active and keep me updated, and I'm loving it. I get, I, get, I get Dylan's channel. I get, uh, yeah. I, get, I get almost all of your channels. I get web design cheat sheet in there, too. You know what makes me laugh when when you're on like the BBM feed and someone like does their status update like three times because they kept doing a spelling error. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really laugh. It's like going out today, not going out tonight. <laughs> going out tomorrow. <laughs> they should delay it by like ten seconds. Like not yeah. post for like ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. I've had that so many times. Like I'll post something and then I'll be like, shoot, I want like a smiley face after that or something. It's yeah. like yeah, you see all my changes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like I, I did, I did one the other day. I did an update, and then my update for the next week was, yeah, I can't spell or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they, so need, they need to make updating statuses within the hub or something. They need to do. Like they need to do that. They need comments and channels. They need editing. No, well, we could go off on them. Yeah. Okay. It was just like a cacophony of like, no yeah. channels, yeah. bad. Yeah. They no, did, yeah. 
I hope with Blend, you know, that they'll have some kind of cohesive bring-along. It's like, okay, now we're here with it. It's Hopefully still not perfect, but we're here. Uh, a surprise announcement, maybe, on 20, you know, something that no one anticipated. Yeah, 924, we're, we're sending, we're going to try to send Alex over across the border from That's New York into, into Canada to Toronto. We'll see how his uh, cellular coverage mm -hmm. Verizon Canada, how that's going to work. I may have to rely a lot on, on wireless, so hopefully the mm -hmm. event is smaller, so there will be wireless. Uh, Jubei, you went to the security summit. Was there Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi? Yeah, there was. Was, was it, it atrocious? I'm sorry? Was it atrocious? Good. Was it good, good or atrocious? Uh, it was well, I mean, but the, the it, it was... It was small. It was a small event. event. A very small event. Yeah. It was... It was really intimate room, so Wi-Fi was well for everybody. Is the pass is this passport event gonna be live streamed by BlackBerry or not that big? Probably not. I don't. I, I, well, why I want it to be live streamed? I think for the intimacy sake and making sure the launch is contained and making sure they're giving that positive message forward to the press and folks that are there, that they they probably won't. I mean, where would where would you take the hub out of that? Like, where would you would you go to London? Would you go to London and live you know, do the live one from there? Yeah. It's kind of like their key markets aren't really cohesive with one another. So like, where do you, where do you choose a best one? Do, do the people in Dubai want to see a live event from London? Yeah, uh, you know, I so I am looking forward to playing with the passport. Like they, I'm sure they'll have passports on hand there. And then like this is where I'm going to make the decision in the next upstream. If we do have that big thing that we're talking about with like Kevin and Blaze and you know, if we have everyone on talking, um, I'm going to be so happy to be able to say, like, I love the Passport, it's going to be my next device, or I love the Passport, but I'm going to wait for the All Touch. I'm excited to find that out. The All Touch. Yeah, good. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, going to be another Z30. Just nicer <laughs> looking. It's probably going to look like a classic. Like, I don't know. I feel Z30 like it's going to look a classic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna be like a, a Z30, like with a larger screen, and more yeah. or less a Z30 that's like refined. On a scale to mind blown. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay, no, 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 no. Like, okay, if your mind blownness was like a Richter scale, how high on the Richter scale would it be if they announced the Manitoba as well at this passport event? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm kind of like, when are you gonna launch it? Are you gonna do separate launches for the Classic and the Manit Manitoba? No. You're gonna just do like one launch for it all. I don't, and then they're probably gonna say like classic available this time, yeah. whatever else available this time, and then like passport available now slash later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as much as they can pack into one event, because this whole fragmentation of just like various launches scattered throughout, like I know what Dylan was saying, you know, are they gonna in fact launch blend with passport? It makes sense. Why would they? Launch Passport that has the Blend features. We all upgraded, you know, into the Leap. We have the Blend already in there, uh, app in there. It's like, why are you going to stagger all these uh, launches? It just makes sense to just have one launch where you cover everything. So when the holiday season comes, which is a critical, if they're going to make huge sales and uh, you know push the big marketing campaign, it has to be all out there equally. I mean, yeah. This has been asked a lot of, um, many times, but I'm curious what you guys think about it. Do you think that the iPhone 6 launch is going to interfere with this whole Passport event? Not at all. 
yo, it's like not like, at all. Like, it's here. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see it taking any attention away from the passport. Yeah. If anything, the passport will take attention away from everything else that launched before it, because it's like what? Blackberries. Yeah. They're still. Didn't we kill them like three years ago? <laughs> no, it's like I, I can't wait to see like whether they're gonna put this device out to, as you said, like tech bloggers in America, The Verge and Techno Buffalo. Are we gonna see these guys with passports like, oh, here's a hands-on with you know this enterprise-focused device that no one will buy? Like, are they are they even? Uh, don't give it to Boy Genius. I will say I will say the event is on a throwback. I mean on a Thursday, so it could be a throwback <laughs> yeah. Thursday. Yeah. What would they throw back to, Brandon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a passport too. You know, who knows? Who knows? I just really? toss some shit out. <laughs> <laughs> what if, like, on on the twenty fourth, they're like, so that device you've seen doesn't, doesn't look anything exist. Like we're about to yeah. Do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's not that. We actually built another Z fifty. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. They've got a concise kind of market or two market strategy right now. Chen's doing a lot of good things inside. What do you guys think of Chen so far? He's been here a little over a year. Am I correct on that, or not even a year yet? Probably close to a year, right? Uh, right. He's like he's he's like right there. You know, on the anniversary of all he's done for the company in, in his short tenure, uh, where do you guys see it going next? Do you think he's going to continue? I guess holding back on some of the potentials that BlackBerry has, or do you think as soon as it's stabilized that he's gonna put it into full full gear and, and attack some of the other market opportunities with Project Ion, QNX, etc. Go Dylan. I like Chen. I mean, to to answer that question, yeah, Chen's great. I mean, everything he's done so far with sort of sort of the restructuring that he did initially, which which I mean, he spoke recently saying, you know. We're done the restructuring, and from here on, you know, it's not anymore a, a you know eighty percent. It's it's we're full force. We're going to do this, and we're looking at a positive future for BlackBerry. And I can totally see that. I mean, they've got plenty of avenues that they can go. Whether it's even not with hardware, if they stop doing hardware, they still have tons of things to keep them afloat. I mean, their their um, what is it? Their their portfolio of patents and and such like that. I mean, even those things alone could keep them afloat for a while. Um, but but what he's doing seems to be good, and I mean, he had the new COO there, and I mean, hopefully we'll start to see a lot of better, you know, customer relations. I think that's what really needs the emphasis right now in their hardware division, because you go for help with your BlackBerry, and unless you're going to a third party, it's it's hard to get that help you need. Especially with the complex enterprise systems. Like, I was talking with Blaze over at a CrackBerry, and he's like, I mess around with both admin panels of uh, the cloud Bez and, uh, you know, BES 10 and, and all of that. And he's, he's messing around with it. He's like, I don't even, like, I've scraped the surface of all that it can do. It's pretty complex and robust. So, absolutely, they need that technical support, especially when you've got thousands of devices that you need to manage. It's just really cool, as you mentioned, they do have a potential as just a software-based company to move forward past devices and continue to have a stable footing. You know, I think it, devices enhance the overall offering, but if it gets to a point where it's just not worth it for them, they can transition and, and continue on with what they're doing. Yeah. They just put out on the blog how what we've been saying on Upstream for a while, that stickers are doing really well. They're kind of the new it thing across Messenger apps. Um, have you guys uh, actually experienced any places where using stickers has become a little bit more acceptable than you thought it would be? 
Like I'm sending, I'm st like I don't send stickers to certain people. Like it just seems a little bit like, you know, like that's not the kind of uh, you know relationship we have. Yeah, like you know, it's a little bit more professional than that. I, yeah, yeah, I with Alex, those... we'll have just conversations. Yeah, <laughs> I, sent that, uh, I sent that naked South Park sticker by accident to the wrong person. <laughs> Uh, that was awkward. Well, then that yeah. begs the question: Should BlackBerry introduce uh, business corporate stickers? But right. yeah. <laughs> what kind of business corporate stickers do you yeah, envision? That's I, just I, I thought of some, and most of them were like really stupid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they, ha they have a sticker that's work, I believe. It's just like people in an office, cartoons running around. But I mean. I, I don't think they're going to leverage the BBM shop that way. I wish that they had, and Brandon, we kind of spoke on this a little bit earlier, where the BBM shop was a little bit less full of virtual goods that aren't really virtual goods. I mean, if you swipe down in BBM and go, right, if you go into the BBM settings, like there's tons of options for your background. Edit it, remove it, change it. I mean, that's where the shop should be for some of those things. Ooh. I don't know what kind of virtual goods I want in BBM, but I don't want just a bunch of stickers. Yeah, um, yeah. They definitely have ideas. Like the fact that they they put a shop, and it's very generically labeled shop. Um, I feel like if they were really just using it for stickers, they would have named it stickers. I don't know. Um, I feel like they're going to be adding a lot of stuff, and I'm I can't think of ideas of what to add aside from like oh give us different backgrounds and stuff. But I'm sure someone at BlackBerry has some very good ideas, and we'll see them maybe when they release or re-release BBM for iPhone and Android, um, giving it their native feel. Maybe that's where they'll start doing crazy stuff. I don't know. I think they should should do continue to do like direct to enterprise marketing. Um, that's what they seem to be doing by calling out the whitelist of Citrus and a lot of others. Uh, just kind of like going direct at that enterprise market. If they do marketing and and marketing is something they want to invest in, I hope Chen does it smart and doesn't go for the, the general things that are going on uh, with the consumer side, with Apple, Google, and even Microsoft. Microsoft is going very hard, putting out advertisements, bashing Siri versus Cortana. I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff on, on the television already. Do they want to go into that realm and, and kind of mess around, or do they want to kind of keep it more concise? Uh, we're gonna, we'll pass it off to Brandon here as we close out here. You guys, I really appreciate having you on this 13th episode of Upstream. Uh, we'll continue talking after the break here off air, but Brandon, take it out. Alright. <laughs> Could have gone smoother. <laughs> Brandon's like, oh, I'm going to put it on right now. That's all you got. That's all we got. That's it. That's all we got. Put my face paste it to linoleum. Kitchen floor shit, some college dorm shit. Face down in the bloodstained carpet, get chicks at the farmer's market.